It's the late kickoff with the Play On podcast hosts, myself, Cal Sirius, and my other gracious hosts. That's the bit where you're kind of supposed to introduce yourself. (laughs) What up, though? What's going on, everyone? It's Ash. Yes, late kickoff today after all of the games on Sunday, after all of the Premier League weekend. um, You know, we've probably been both been out and about doing stuff this weekend so maybe not had a chance to catch all of the games but it's been an action-packed weekend so much has happened but before we get into the action how's things Ash how you getting on yeah right it's been um it's been quite the quite the week um November is not letting up um so yeah um but no it's been good I had a pretty hectic weekend um lots of birthday celebrations um seeing people I haven't seen for a while so yeah good vibes great to see good people and um yeah November is very much going to continue on a busy pace. How have you been? Seeing that you mentioned it's November, I've got to ask, Mm -hmm. have you been growing a moustache? No, I have a beard anyway, but I've never really been able to do the the November stuff because my my moustache is very kind of wispy. (laughs) The majority of my hair is underneath my chin, so um, I might just grow my beard out and not shave it. Okay, okay, that's interesting. I've never really been much of a Movember man myself, so I, I see where you're coming from on that but front. You've got there. the big beard, though, bro. Like, so you could just, grr. you could shave and just like go grr. It's not that big. It's, it's not. It's not much bigger than yours. No, I feel like I feel like if you, I feel like if we did like a beard off, your beard would absolutely ruin my beard. A beard off. Well, I've actually had a trim recently, anyway, so my beard isn't looking as thick as what you may remember. Um, I did have one more question because it is November. Are you practicing abstinence? <laughs> What's going on here, bro? It's November, you know. It's just a thing that people do. There's a catchy phrase to it, you know, something about like uh, <laughs> what squirrels like to eat. But maybe the squirrels got to stop getting those nuts in November. Yeah, this is definitely the wrong podcast. This is the football one. <laughs> It's a cheeky little intro. So, okay, Ash is a bit shy to answer that question. But um, we'll move We'll move on into the football. Um, Are you? <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever done a, a No Nut November. So there's no point in starting now. Um, shout out to our other co-hosts that aren't with us today. Um, was hoping to get Ryan on. He, he was this close. If you could see me gesturing with my fingers, maybe we'll get him on next time because he was close to coming in this time. Um, I feel like a, a football club, every transfer window being linked with a star player, and they just coming this close to signing him and something. It, it's like uh, we're Manchester City and we just missed out on signing Harry Kane or something like that. We'll get him next time. Yes. Um, now there's been so much that's happened recently, specifically talking about the football managers in the Premier League. There was one game where I heard football fans, football fans calling it El Sakico <laughs> because it was Manchester United versus Tottenham, both of the managers under a lot of pressure. Mm. Although Oli says, you know, yeah, he's not under pressure. He's got a good relationship with the board. But, you know, uh, fans seem to think otherwise. El mm. Sakico was won by Manchester United and Nuno got the chop. So let's start right there. Nuno Espirito Santo has left the building. What are your thoughts on that situation there, Ash? I'm not going to lie. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised he got sacked because I know they've had a really, like, 
up and down start. They won their first three games. Um, they were top of the league and he got manager of the month. Um, and then I know things have slightly um, dipped. But I thought I thought sacking him was a bit strong, if I'm honest. Um, but then one thing I've always said is when you've got exceptional managers out of work, it puts more pressure on the job. And um, I've genuinely put a lot of my stocks in um, Antonio Conte. And I've actively like spoken and sought him out as um, a potential Arsenal manager. And I've really put my, my, like, my neck on the block to say he's the manager that I want. So the fact that he's gone to them down the road is a real problem for me because he's a great manager and he doesn't take long to get his ideas like on board he um he obviously came to the league um previously with Chelsea and in his first season he won the league um I don't think Tottenham are going to do that but I I'm really worried about what they do for the rest of the season and particularly worried about what could happen next year provided they get the right funding in and I, listen, the Harry Kane situation is what it is, right? But even if they sell him and like the money spent well, he's the kind of coach that makes a team much better. He takes a team that could be sick for middling to second and challenging for a title. So I think um, it's excellent business for Tottenham to get rid of Nuno, even though I didn't necessarily think he should have been sacked. Hmm. That's an interesting position to take. It's excellent business even though you didn't think he should have been sacked. Can you yeah. expand on that a bit more? So what I mean by that is this. So for instance, when you, like I said, when you've got a good manager waiting and if you're and you, and if you have any um, indifference regarding your current manager, the sensible thing is, is to get rid of that manager. If you, if there's a manager that you really want. So we saw it with Chelsea last season, they got rid of um, Frank Lampard. Thomas Tuchel came in, they won the Champions League. They finished in the, champ, in, in the Champions League places. And now they're probably like one of the favourites to win the league this season. Like Thomas Tuchel is a massive upgrade on Frank Lampard. Antonio Conte is a massive upgrade on Nuno Espirito Santos. So actually, if you can get him, you may not. If you don't, if you don't act now, you may you may never ever get the opportunity to have Antonio Conte as your manager. So Spurs have acted very very quickly. Probably what our board didn't do and obviously there's been an element of like payback for that decision considering where we're at and our recent form but yeah I didn't think he deserved to be sacked but if you can get Antonio Conte it's worth sacking your manager you make a great point I think all across the board everybody knows that Conte is a great manager mm. Man United fans were hoping that Oli would get the chop in El Sacco and they would be able to sign Conte but um, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be a good appointment for them because they've had some of these top world-class mm. managers before and it hasn't really worked out mm. with the likes of Coleman going in there, Mourinho going in there. So maybe Manchester United might want to try and do like what Arsenal done, bringing someone like Mikel Arteta and, and try and, you know, build for the long term. Um, but mm. with Spurs, it, it definitely seems like they're more concerned with immediate success I think we all knew that Nuno wasn't the first choice at Tottenham mm. and I wonder if that kind of worked against him because maybe the players all knew that okay he's not our first choice he's not the guy that we really wanted here 
mm. and maybe they didn't really respond to him. Mm. Um, but we'll see how they respond to Conte. He's undoubtedly one of the best managers around. But um, they're going to have to really put in a shift now because he's definitely one that seems like uh, an authoritarian, someone that's going to be cracking the whip. So let's let's see how they all respond to that. That's a really good point, actually. I think he was like their ninth choice at one stage. And I'm not even bantering. There were so many other names that kind of came and were and didn't take it. Gattuso, Poch coming back. I think Conte was initially offered it as well. There were a lot of managers who were linked with that job. And it was a bit of a surprise that it came to Nuno in the end. So maybe that, maybe he had, maybe essentially his death certificate was signed even before he became the manager because he wasn't one of the favourites. Maybe. Um, another manager that's coming. Uh, we talked about Mikel Arteta coming in and building a new team and taking the club in a new direction with the rebuild plan. And Newcastle United have gone and done a similar kind of thing with their appointment. They've gone for Eddie Howe, who is widely regarded as one of the best English managers around, arguably the best young English manager around. Uh, someone who is very well respected. He's he's done great things in the game with Bournemouth. He's a, a guy that knows how to manage in this exact position mm. that Newcastle Arena, which I think is interesting because there are there were a lot of neutrals. When you talk to them, everyone was really excited about the Newcastle takeover, weren't they? And when you talk to neutrals, everybody had their own opinion about what they should do, who they should bring in. And people were saying big name managers like Conte and Allegri and, and this. But you know, I, I kind of posited a few names here or there. I think I said Eddie Howe to somebody, and I remember them saying, No, no way. And I thought, but why not though? It, it, the idea of bringing in a good young English manager that can kind of bring in his ideas and maybe shape the team and his image and bring in some good English players. And he's a guy that can work on a, on a tight budget for the short term as well. So we kind mm. of talked about how their plan is probably going to be rolled out in phases. So to bring in Eddie Howe for phase one right now, when you're right at the bottom of the league and, you know, maybe you're, building out the infrastructure behind the scenes in the club. And you just want someone who can come in and just hit the ground running, someone who's mm. experienced that managing a club in this situation. I think they've got an absolutely great first-class appointment. Mm. And I think, I think this is going to work out very well. I think when we last were on, um, well, last when I was on like four weeks ago, we spoke about kind of like the phases. Um, so what they need in different phases, right? So, I think Eddie Howe's been out of football for a long time. Um, he kind of comes in. I think he probably fits essentially what the new um, employees want to do. I think, like I said, just it became really untenable to continue with Steve Bruce. So I feel like a younger manager, a progressive manager, forward-thinking manager comes into that squad now with the money, but also some of the key players there, he's worked with them already. So Callum Wilson's a good example. Ryan Fraser, the work that hasn't quite worked out yet, but I think, I think he's a very good first phase manager. Um, and I feel like if he does very, very well, he may prove himself to be right for the second phase, but I definitely think he's a very good first phase manager for what Newcastle want to do in the future. For sure. For sure. Interesting times ahead. And, um, I wish them all the luck at Newcastle. I still, you know, after we talked about the history mm. of the club and everything, I'm still thinking, you know, 
maybe I should go up to Newcastle, go on a little tour or something, you know. Uh, it's, it's it, an goes exciting... it goes off in Newcastle, apparently, like party-wise. So, oh, yeah. yeah, you can do culture in the day and clubbing in the night. Bit, uh, bit of a Geordie Shaw kind of thing going on there. Oh, lad. <laughs> um, another manager situation ship in the Premier League is let's move on to Fark. Mm. Is that how you say his name? Do you say Fark or do you say Farker or Farky? Um, he's farked off, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely wrong podcast again. Um, <laughs> we probably like like conjured both of them together today. Um, I say Daniel Fark. Daniel Fark. Uh, so we've got an article here in the Independent that says Norwich sack manager despite victory over Brentford. It's one of these things where when you're in a situation, <clears throat> sometimes there's absolutely nothing you can do. Even if you get the three points, you get the win. You know, you might think, oh, they'll give me another chance, but it's just too little, too late, isn't it? I feel like that's the decision I was taking before the game. And I think that just the result was irrespective. I think even if he won 7-0 and they played the, like, the greatest brand of football since Barcelona in their pomp, like I think he would have gone. Um, it does beg the... It's a, it's, it's a weird, weird sack-in in terms of the timing after the result. But it makes perfect sense with an international break coming. So what it means is you give yourself a couple of weeks to get the manager in, get him established. And hopefully they'll have someone in line to kind of come in so that after when we come back in on, I think it's the 20th of November, then you'll have the new manager in place ready to go. And then, yeah, that'll be that'll be them. I mean, they're going to go down anyway. And the fact that they've won a game just means they're probably just not going to get like the record of the lowest amount of points in the league because there was a stage where I didn't even think they, would, they they might not win a game this year, which sounds absolutely crazy, right? But I just didn't see anything in that team that I thought would generate a win. But it was a very good, it was a, it was a good, 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 like good win for them yesterday. Good win for them. So how about a replacement? Um, what, what, what do you think they're going to need right now? Do you think maybe this could be a, a chance for Big Sam to come back into the Premier League maybe? No, I don't think he touches this job because I think whatever you say about it is there's they've remember they've 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 won the league they've romped the championship they've come up and they've got absolutely slapped they've gone back down to the championship they've romped it again and then they've come back up but it seems like none of the lessons have been learned and I think that's almost the the, the critical thing I think I think to be honest they need to go and get a man a, a manager who's accustomed to the championship to get them back up one more time but it also has Premier League experience to be able to kind of like get through may sound really weird yeah but actually Steve Bruce would be a very good manager for this this kind of role I think he can do the championship not have any too much problems he's not going to have like the vitriol that he's been having at Newcastle but I think he would be good enough to steal them to stay up in the league and do better. He said he's going to take some time from football because it's got really toxic. But actually, Steve Bruce could be a very good um, appointment for this Norwich job. Do you not think Norwich will be wanting to try and stay in the Premier League, like hoping to have a miraculous turnaround in their fortunes? I mean, they can hope, but it's not going to happen. Unrealistic so. expectations. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Our last situation ship. 
Dean Smith. This one just caught me off guard because I knew he was struggling, mm. but I honestly didn't see it coming. I didn't think that so early on in the season, 10, 11 games played, mm. that he would get the chop. Mm. But if you go and have a look at their form, it's not been good. Yeah, just five on the bounce, right? Literally five defeats in a row. Loss after loss after loss. I mean, there was one big team in it. Well, i got to say two big teams because Spurs are in there as well. So Spurs and Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But then Wolves, West Ham. I think West Ham are, are officially one of the big teams now. They're playing very well. They're in the Champions League place. They just beat Liverpool. Listen, West Ham are proper, man. Um, um, Southampton Southampton. So uh, is it harsh, maybe? Because it's not like 100%. you've played Norwich and you've played Newcastle and you've lost them. You've lost to, like, you know, so, some top teams. And their last, I think their last win was away to United, wasn't it? Oh, no, no. They beat, no, hold on, let me try and think. Were they, was their last win, was their last win away to United or was it at home to Everton? Whatever it is, like, they've, they've, they've beaten... Some decent teams. Away season. to Man United. Yeah, the last one was away to Man United. So that's my point. So like, um, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's on the twenty fifth of September. It was away to Man United, but then that was after they beat Everton three 0 and they were really riding high. Now, I think that there's there's two issues for this sacking for me, which make it not difficult, but I I can kind of see the reason as to why. It's kind of happened. So number one, obviously, your captain, your talisman, Jack Greedis, has kind of left. And we've seen with a number of clubs that, yeah, you can get great money for them, like top dollar for the player. But sometimes the influence of the player just, it it raises everyone else's level at five or 10%. And losing him has been a big, a big, big blow for them. On the flip side of that, once you sell someone for a hundred million, that money comes back into the into the club, and then when you start spending it on a Leon Bailey, on a Danny Ings, on a Buendia, you then raise the expectation of what's kind of accept of, of what's expected for you. So, when Dean Smith first came up, he got them to seventeenth in the league, which was great. Then last year, he got them to mid table, which is great. So what he's done is he's raised the bar and the expectations. Um, in terms of like the on-field stuff and then they just pumped over 100 million pounds into the squad so what that means is once you do that you losing five games in a row becomes becomes unacceptable he's almost made a rod for his own back I definitely think he should have been given a bit more time and just looking at the fixtures that um, that Villa have coming up um, I think it's really unfair that like that happens I mean you've got You've got Brighton at home, Crystal Palace away, Man City at home, and Leicester at home. Like free home, free home games. If you got like seven points out of that run, it completely changes the momentum around. And I think, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's, I think it's probably the the harshest sacking out of all of them so far. If I'm honest, I'm no, sorry. I'm the Watford one was the Watford one was the harshest sacking because man, man, man had three games. <laughs> Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, wow, Dean Smith, I, I, I salute him. I think I like what he's done. I think, you know, he did try to spend them through Jack Grealish money wisely, reinvested it around the squad, bringing loads of players instead of maybe trying to find 
a Jack Grealish replacement who would have a lot of pressure on him and possibly not succeed, you know, due to that. Mm. Um, so I think that he took the right approach. I think they made good signings. I like Bailey. I like Brandia. Um, you know, maybe Amy Martinez hasn't been as invincible this season as he was last season. Mm. Um, maybe some of the defenders have let them down in moments. There's, there's mm. times when Tia Tyrone Mings has made the odd mistake here and there, and I thought, what is going on? Yeah. Um, against Arsenal, I didn't think their defence looked that great at all, but I was expecting a lot more. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not really sure what to make of this Villa situation. Maybe internally something's happened behind the scenes that we don't know about. And that's why the board have had to act because they have the full picture, don't they? Yeah. Uh, but um, no, I've enjoyed watching uh, Villa in recent seasons and I hope they actually pull their socks up and, and get out of this. They've got a lot of good young players in, in the squad um, and they've been playing some really good football, man. There's a lot of players that I like, like, like McGinn and um, the Brazilian Luiz. Watkins, Ings, Cash, Target. Martinez. They've got yeah, they've got but again, that's what I'm saying. If you look at the squad, the squad is a decent squad now. So as a result of it being a decent squad, the expectation goes up with that squad. So getting beat four one at home. It's weird because getting beat four one at home to to West Ham looks a really bad result. West Ham have just beaten Liverpool and like they're absolutely flying. So yeah. And even and remember that, that game turned on the red card as well. It was two one and they were still very much in the game. So yeah, I think a lot of luck has gone against Dean Smith. Um, so yeah, really, really sorry to hear. Unlucky that Dean Smith. You mentioned mm. Cisco Munoz being sacked by Watford mm. and Claudia Ranieri coming in. I mean, mm. it's, this is like what, Five managers gone mm. after 10, 11 games played. Is there like, I don't know, is this crazy? Like, have we ever seen anything like this? Is, are things getting worse? Is it like the, the pressure and the stakes now are higher than they've ever been before? Is I that think, maybe why there's so many seconds? Yeah, I think, and I just think that maybe some, some seconds were probably overdue but again some people didn't necessarily get sat like last year or things have kind of changed or there's just a bit more pressure and I think normally what happens is once once one second happens it tends to be a catalyst for other seconds um so like you said um the 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 Watford one happened and then it just seems to be like a bit of a domino effect and I just think you get to a stage where people are just like well we need to act or they, there's movement in the market. Someone's available, or actually a manager who we were, we were interested in, we feel like we can get now. And I always think that's also a big part of it as well. It depends on like who who their target is and who they may be able to kind of get in to do the job and to make things better for them. Mm, I mean, um, shout out to Claudio Ranieri. He's a football manager I've always liked uh, since when he was at Chelsea. Mm. Um, he comes in. Um, uh, it's been a Difficult start for him so far. Mm. Things have not been easy, but let's see how they go. He's a good coach, and uh, I'm sure he'll do quite well. I'm not really sure what's going on with, with Cisco. Um, I thought he was quite a good coach. He was, you know, he was doing okay with Watford. Okay, mm. just not not sure what's going on. Do you think maybe this is um, 
a change in the Premier League culture now. Now we've got the kind of ruthless culture across all Premier League clubs. Like this kind of uh, this kind of culture that maybe Robin, Roman Abramovich instilled at Chelsea is now just permeating throughout the league. Um, no, because look at what's happening at Man United and look at what's happening at, at Arsenal. So, yeah, there's been there's been sackings there, but they're actually trying to give their managers some time. Um, there's other managers who haven't necessarily been relieved of their duties, even though there could be arguments that 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 that, that they could have gone. Um, Burnley are notoriously slow starters, but Sean, Sean Dash is never at the, at risk of being sacked. I feel like if that was the culture, then there'd be there would have been a sustained amount of signings. This is this feels like an anomaly at the moment due to so many situations. I also feel like the kind of like the Newcastle thing and the money coming in there is just different as well. Like Watford always do these sackings, so you're really looking at Villa, um, Tottenham, and um, the Norwich one as being like the real the real sack the real sackings that kind of mean something in this in this wider um debate about managerial um placements I, I think if someone else goes then we can maybe make an argument but i just feel this is just um a bit of an anomaly and we'll see what it looks like by the end of the season we'll see do you mm. think there could be another potential second before long um is Oli gonna solskjaer in hot water like the fans think he is I think he's on the ropes, definitely. Um, Manchester yeah. United currently sixth in the league. Yeah, I think I think I think he's the one under the most amount of pressure. Um, I can't think of too many. Yeah, I think Bielsa will be okay. Um, Leeds seem to be drawing their way out of out of safe um, to safety at the moment. I know Hassan Hootel, he's been wide about the position, but they've been good recently, and they're up to thirteenth in the league. Yeah, I don't think any. I don't think anyone else gets sacked. If I'm honest, well, not for now. Not for now. Yeah, I don't see anyone else being sacked. Not for now. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, so to round off our little manager review, we've got a, a nice story, uh, which is one of another football manager, David Moyes, and him reaching a personal milestone of one thousand games. Mm. That is really something, isn't it? No, amazing, amazing. And even at today, that one thousand and one was a great result for him. So, no, I think it's good. And you know what? I think we really need to kind of like look at what happened to David Moyes. And if we're talking about managers being sacked and, and unfairly treated, he only got seven months at the Man United job. And a lot of people thought, yeah, that's it. But he went to Spain. Um, he built up his his name. He done other jobs around the way. Um, like he, yeah, he had he had a rough time, and now he went to West Ham, done a good job, got like got discarded, and then still has come back and done an even better job. So I think not only is it great that he's hit this milestone, but I think when you look at the journey and you look at the process and you look at all the things that's happened within those one thousand games, I think you really have to salute. And the fact that, like you said, his team is now third in the league, um, joint on points with uh, Man City. Um, and playing a really attractive um, and progressive brand of football, yeah, I think it's exceptional. Like, I genuinely wanna wanna doff my hat to um, David Moyes at the moment. He's doing really well. 
Yeah, big up to, uh, to David Moyes. He's got a little quote here in this article from the BBC where he says, even with 1,000 games, you cannot just once say, this is it, I have got the job now. That's me because the game will come back and get you if you don't keep trying to improve and challenge yourself. This is a grown-ass man who's still saying you need to improve. Mm. No, and, 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 and I love you love to see it because mm, I yeah, think fun. we can all take a little leaf out of David Moyes' book there. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And finally, we can get to talk about some football results. Yeah, cool. Oof. Um, yeah, I mean, let's start off with the Friday game, the Friday night hype. Southampton won, Aston Villa nil. Good goal by Armstrong. Yeah, good goal by Armstrong. Um, he absolutely smashed that in, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, they're the ones that are nice. You know when you're just you're on. You know when everyone else is static, but you're on the run. Mm. Like you just got the advantage. So yeah, he took it early near post. And yeah, Southampton. Like we said, like Ralph Hassan um, aka like the geography supply teacher, just doing his thing, man. Like some really good wins. I think they're unbeaten in like the last. I think they're unbeaten in the last like four or five games. Yeah, last so, couple of games. Yeah, so I feel like it's just all he's done is he's just got them to where they need to be, like just doing well, um, like just playing good football. Um, again, settled team. He's not trying to do anything too kind of crazy. Yeah, like the last time they lost was away to Chelsea. They've just done what's needed. Like, and again, they've had three games at home. Um, they've taken ten points out of the last twelve. I think if you're looking for a like potentially um. Uh, a candidate for like manager of the last like of this period the international break I think he's definitely up there um, kept they're starting to keep clean sheets as well so three clean sheets in the last four games yeah doing well for sure for sure do you think Armstrong is maybe a player that should score more goals yep but I think you also have to factor in that he's getting used to the league again so um I think sometimes we're so quick to be like, oh, he should score numbers or stats. But is he making the right decisions? Is he getting chances? Is he is he is he narrowly missing? Like they're the indicators that the goals will come. If he's not getting a sniff or he's not trying anything or he looks like forlorn of confidence, then that's when it's a bigger worry. But he was pretty effervescent um, from what I saw of his performance. So, yeah, I think I think the goals will come for him. I'm sure someone who uh, is into FPL, one of our listeners maybe, might be able to tell you about his XG and uh, how many chances he's getting um, and how he looks like he's probably going to score goals in the future. That was a great finish, though. Shout out to Armstrong for that. Um, Moving on, the big game of the weekend, the Manchester Derby. Manchester United versus Manchester City. I mean, I, what I were your kinda, thoughts on that? Yeah, what were I, your thoughts on that? I, before the game, I kind of had the feeling because I had Cancel in my FPL team, and I thought this is going to be a clean sheet. I just kind of had the feeling that Manchester City were not going to mess about, and they were going to be really hard for Manchester United to to beat them. And also looking at the form of United, looking at how they've been played in Europe recently. Um, and their league form, I just kind of thought I can't see them getting anything from this game. If you if you're gonna play Manchester City when Manchester City are playing well, 
you have to be playing out of your skin. You literally have to be on top of your game. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be United, you could be Liverpool, you could be Chelsea. You have to be on top of your game to beat Manchester City. Mm. And they're just not at the moment, unfortunately. So mm. I could only ever see it going one way. Um, yeah. And the thing about City is it doesn't matter who plays. They've got such a strength and depth. They've got so much quality in the team. You're going to struggle no matter what side gets put out. And yeah. this side was one where we had what seemed like Bernardo Silva playing as the furthest player forward. But then he's kind of been dropping into centre midfield as well. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Foden's been seeing a lot of uh, forward play recently. He had a great shot in the second half, which just kind of kissed the outside of the post. Oh, that would have went in. You know? You know? It was mm. like, oh, and... Um, yeah, Jesus has been in good form. I just, just your boy Johan Stones is back in the team. Come on, <laughs> my guy. Hey, you know what's crazy? Yeah, I listen back to some of our podcasts. I really, really <laughs> make a number of comments about Johan. <laughs> it's a bit of an infatuation, to be fair. But yeah, I like him a lot. I mean, he's a good player. There's a lot to like about him. Um, especially Jamaican accent. He's got a solid Jamaican accent. I haven't seen that. That video is funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that video is funny. My friend, what's funny is my friend actually played at that party. I'll definitely try and get him on the podcast. He's a, he's a, he's a big Arsenal fan. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Make link it up. happen. Link up, link up. Yeah. Um, but in this game in particular, I want to ask questions about what was going on with this 3-5-2 that Manchester United were playing. Because I feel like if you're Manchester United you should be playing possession football because that's who Manchester United is. We're the bosses. We're bossing this game. We're, it, you shouldn't be kind of trying to defend against the team and then counter-attack them, hit them on the break, get the ball down the wing, whipping some crosses and just trying to snatch something, which, you know, it seems like that's kind of how they try to play. And yeah. with the defence... Without Varane in the defence, it kind of just looks like what's going on there without Varane there. The key thing is, playing 3-5-2 against a Pep team is akin to signing your death warrant for two main reasons. And it's all because of their fullbacks. So first and foremost, what their fullbacks do is when they've got the ball, both fullbacks are comfortable to come inside and almost help to create an overload in the middle of the park because they can be very, very good inside, like in in tighter spaces. So what was happening is, is Cancelo in particular was kind of coming into areas where he could come help Rodri out, Bernardo Silva's there, um, Kevin De Bruyne's there. So what they were doing is they were really, really suffocating Manchester United in the middle of the park. Now, remember, that that midfield is McFred, like McTominay, Fred and Bruno. A lot of them are turning the ball over a lot, giving cheap possession back to, to Man City and then you're not really getting the ball back. Then also what the fullbacks do do is <clears throat> they can also, they start when you've got the ball that's there, but they're also very, very good to go further out and stick wide. So what happened there is You've got Ronaldo and Mason Greenwood up front. You've then got the Bruno Fernandes in the hole and then you've got McFred behind it. So you've got five players really, really narrow. You've got the three centre-backs and then you've got Wan-Bissaka and Luke Shaw on either side. And what was happening there is whenever the full-backs went out and then um, Man City's wingers were staying really, really wide, 
it meant that they had two on ones all the time. So Wan Bissaka in particular didn't know what to do with Foden. He didn't should like should I go tight on Foden? Should I stay Foden? Oh, but Cancelo's coming. I've now got to get out to Cancelo. They just they absolutely destroyed them tactically. And the funniest thing is Oli's had some really good results against City playing the four two three one. Um because he kind of matches up against what they do. And then, especially in wide areas, you've got Wan-Bissaka and, say, Greenwood, Shaw and Rashford. Like, you, you kind of negate one of the biggest strengths of City's team, which is their fullbacks. Um, but yesterday, playing that 5-3-2 mm. was just... It was, it, was, it was really painful to watch. It was, and as much as they gave through in, a, like, one of the chances, he was clearly their best player because if it wasn't for um, the gate it would have been about it would have been five 0 again <laughs> it would have been five 0 yeah. again and you know what's crazy for me to say that united should have lost five 0 at home again the, the the ability for me to say it again just shows where this club is at at the moment because i just i've never known united to be in such a dire strait defensively huge problems at old trafford so This uh, this city team are are looking absolutely devastating right now. Uh, is there any need to change your tip for the uh, for the title? I'm gonna stick with Chelsea for the time being. Um, okay. Just 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 letting the, just reminding the listeners know that I shouted Chelsea first and you changed your pick to Chelsea. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think I've really. I've, was was City not your original pick? City was my original pick, but I still feel like City really care about the Champions League this year. I almost feel like City will, will, will forsake the league to get the Champions League. And that's kind of why I'm going to stick to Chelsea as my pick. Ooh, okay. Interesting reasoning. I do like that. I do like that. Um, On to not such a big game, but a big game for Mr. Falk. Brentford versus Norwich. That one ended Brentford 1 Norwich 2 I mean pfft. I don't really know what to say about that one to be honest I didn't watch there's it there's not much to be said to be said it was um, um like I said Norman Norman played well um, he helped set up the penalty um, that Pookie won and he scored his first goal in um in the Premier League um, yeah it wasn't re- I mean we've spoken about it with the with him being sacked and still winning it was a bit of a nothing game and yeah yeah, so Brent, Brentford is a team that I've been very impressed with, but they've actually slipped into some poor form. Are they in trouble right now? I think four they, I, defeats out of their last five. I think the issue for them is that they've just lost their goalkeeper, and their goalkeeper makes a huge difference to their back line. Um, they do look a little bit more suspect. Um, I know that firsthand because I brought a Brentford defender in um, for fantasy manager, thinking they might do something. So I think a Raya or Raja, whatever his name is. He's he's injured and him being injured has, has caused a big issue for them. But they just need to start scoring goals. Uh, Tony and Bueno, um, the other guy they play force. Yeah, they just need to start getting some goals. And once they start scoring, then we'll see we'll see them shoot out the table. Shall see. Um, myself, I was uh, I was thinking about bringing in some FPL players. I was looking at Bueno, Bueno from. Um, Brentford, but mm. it kind of seems like his goals have dried up. Tony still seems to nick one here or there, but honestly, if you're playing FPL, you might want to look elsewhere for your FPL assets. Mm. Um, 
So back on the fix on the results, um, Chelsea versus Burnley. Now this is a game where I kind of thought it's going to be a Chelsea clean sheet. So I was really surprised to see Burnley score against them. Although they have been scoring recently, it's the uh, the Ivorian Corne or Cornet. He's mm. been just putting the ball in the back of the net on quite a consistent basis. But it wasn't him that scored in this game. Nas Vidra. Um, this was a surprise. Like I, I genuinely thought when he went one up, that was it. Um, great goal, um, Reese James uh, um, Havertz. Love the header, but um, again, it was a weird. It was a weird one. I, I feel like if Chelsea got a second, it could have been four or five. Um, really, as easy as that. But they never. Um, they had. They got hit with a sucker punch, and then Bernie just saw it out. I think. Yeah, I think every every title team gets these results. Um, It'll just resharpen them. They've got they've got a lot of firepower to come back. They've got Pulisic to come in. Um, Mount didn't start this game. Lukaku wasn't there. Werner, um, Ziyech didn't start. There's a there's there's a lot there's a lot more to come from this Chelsea team. So um, yeah, they'll be they'll be fine. This is just a, a minor bump in the road. Chelsea limping across the finish line here, getting a draw without some of them big names um oh there's a story about young Chabalar wasn't there yes Chalabar. yeah Trevor Chalabar has signed a new long-term contract um the young the young defender I think has put pen to a five-year deal after impressing um the manager um and he's actually scored a couple of goals this season and done very very well so yeah no it's good good news for Chelsea um to keep an asset like that and then, yeah, I'm sure we'll be seeing him um, being a star in the Premier League for the next for the for, um, for the years to come. Shout out to Chelsea and the young Trev. Um, that actually just reminded me about uh, the sad news coming from the Trevor, um, the Travis, excuse, excuse me, Trevor, reminded me of Travis, the Travis Scott concert Astro World, and uh, apparently there was a disaster there with people losing their lives. So uh, thoughts and prayers going out to anyone affected in that but swiftly moving on we've got crystal palace versus wolverhampton wanderers another good performance from patrick vieira's side he's taken the premier league by storm isn't he 2-0 yeah i'm um i think i'm going to palace versus united in a couple of weeks Go on. um yeah, they're they're doing they're doing so well. Like a a great goal from Wolfgang Zaha. Um, shout out to MacArthur for a lovely through pass. Um, VAR thought maybe he was off, but he wasn't. And Conor Gallagher um, scoring in back to back games. Um, I think with we don't really class Salah as a midfielder, but um, Conor Gallagher is the top the top scoring midfielder in the league with four goals this season. So yeah, no, he's doing really well. And I think like I said, the clean sheets. Um, they brought in Anderson for who was at Fulham last year. They've got um, Gwehi as a really good centre back pairing. Joel Warden, Tyreek Mitchell make up the back line with um, Guaita in goal. They've got such a good solid base. It's just really propelling them to move them forward. And um, yeah, they've got some. They've got they've got some real attack, like intent in the attack. That like Benteke looks like a much like refreshed and better player. Zaha's doing what he does. Um, Edouard's been good for them as well. Runners from midfield. It's been a great. It's been a great refresh for for Crystal Palace. And um, my 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 good friend goes on there regularly. The whole um, energy around the club has completely shifted. So yes, yeah, it's, it's good news. It's really good news. 
Um, I, yeah, shout out to Gallagher as well. I think he's definitely been one of the stars of the season so far. I really like the way that he does a lot more than just score goals. You know, he seems to have a really solid all-round game. And I don't think Palace would be doing so well without him in the same to be Yeah, facts. Um, and that's another Chelsea boy. Chelsea boy, I know. Another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before we jump into the next game, like I wanted to ask you, what did you think about the whole Brighton-Newcastle situation and that game? Well, I didn't watch it, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, and um, Actually, I think I caught some of it. I think I caught mm. some of it while I was playing FIFA. Mm. And um, I, I just like the way that Newcastle haven't completely rolled over. You know, um, the new manager, uh, Eddie Howe, was in the stands watching the game. And... Uh, you know, Wilson done his thing. But mm. the thing about Brighton is they are playing a very, like a very hard to beat brand of football. Like, you, like you're going to have to really roll up your sleeves and s- smash them <laughs> if you want to get a result against that team. It's not going to be easy. It's not easy to get past Basuma and then the likes of Dunk. Um so, you know, I, I I think what I took from the game, from what I saw, was that Newcastle were not down and out. They've got some fight left in them because they yes. really needed to fight their way through this game. And they did it. Um, Isaac Hayden with a goal. Um, not the kind of player that you expect to be scoring goals. Mm. But to be honest with you, I think this is a game that Newcastle could have lost, but they fought their way to, to a point and... I'm sure the new manager will be very happy with that performance. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think. Yeah. I think. It's, I think it's good. I think it's a good, a good base for them. Um, Brighton have done very well this season, like even going to Anfield and not losing. So um, that point is a big point for Newcastle. Big point. Kind mm. of. It might be the start of. It might be the start of a, a, a glorious reign for. Well. For. Glorious may be a bit strong, but yeah, definitely start of a, a, a progressive reign for him. Uh, they need some points. They definitely yeah. need some points. And um, with, uh, you know, with their jobs on the line, basically, mm. they're going to have to keep putting in performances like this week in, week out. Mm. I do like John John Shelby and Hay- Hayden. I don't see why they can't mm. play. Although there are obviously better players in the Premier League. Um, you know, obviously St. Maximum's got quality. Almiron is a bit of a sometimes player. He's not very consistent. Mm. Um, I'm not so sure about Richie playing as a wing back or a left back. Um, but, you know, it is what yeah. it is. Maybe, maybe the defence could be better as well. You know, you'd think with them being so low on the table, you'd think, you know, you could probably replace everyone in the team, couldn't you? Yeah. But there's obviously not going to be the capacity to do that in January. I mean, so, you never know with these guys, but <laughs> these guys can let the team go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, su- I'm surprised that the dip in form from you know when you know you saying that now. I've heard some rumors, isn't it? I've heard some rumors. We don't really do rumors on this podcast, but I've heard some big names being linked. And mm. if this is true, and like audacious bids, I'm talking Barcelona and clubs like that. So if this stuff happens, I mean. It will, <laughs> We'll see. I don't know if you really want to sign players from Barcelona and have Eddie Howe manage them. I'm not sure yeah. that's a good idea, but yeah. okay. You know, okay. Um, and um, yeah, I'm just a bit surprised at the, the dip in form from uh, the old Arsenal boy. Willis. Because, uh, yeah, Willick's been 
banging the goals in, but here comes the game. He doesn't even come off the bench, doesn't even play. Um, so And he, he hasn't been great since he made his permanent transfer to Newcastle. Mm. So I don't know if that's the thing where, as a priority, because his goals for Newcastle last season were incredible. It was a big reason why they were playing so well. So I don't know if, if Eddie Howe's thinking as a priority in the short term, what I need to do is I need to get this guy to rediscover his goal-scoring mm. form and get him in the team. Um, because him behind Wilson with St. Maximin and Almiron on the wings, like that could do something for you. There's, there's, there's some goal threats there. Mm. But I don't know. I don't know. Man. Let's see. Yeah, we'll see. Definitely. Um, Arsenal versus Watford. Um, did you get a chance to watch some of that one yourself, Ash? Yeah, I watched Aubameyang miss a penalty here when he's in my fantasy team. I nearly made him captain as well because I thought he might do well. And I think if he got one, he would have got a couple today. But good stuff, I didn't do that. Um, yeah, it's another win. Um, unbeaten since we lost the first three games of the season. Um, the fixture list has been kind, but we've still definitely built up the right kind of momentum and we should have we should have been out of sight to be honest like we 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 should have just dealt with dealt with Watford a bit stronger but yeah no I think I think it's been um, a really good time for for, for Mikel Arteta and the rest of the guys um we started to add goals to his game and um, he's been he's been our best player for he's been our best player this season um even when we were getting beaten um in the first two or three games of the season he was the one person who was kind of like standing up showing out and doing like the right things um in very difficult circumstances so the fact that he's kind of got um he got the goal he got the goal against Villa um he got the goal against Leicester and now he's got this goal is 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 a very kind of um very very important step in his um progression moving forward as um yeah as a as a first team player um so Alex Lacazette seems to be playing a dogged and determined number 10 role for Arsenal. It's really what, weird what's, what's going on that? with those guys. Yeah, because it seems that it's not it's not set in stone who plays where. So I've seen Aubameyang left quite a bit. I've seen Lacazette in the 10. I've seen um, Sifro on the left and I've seen it kind of pivot. So actually, I think it's quite good. I feel like with... The two that sit and Saka, you've got like people who are going to stay in one position, and then if those three kind of pivot and and turn around, then they can make stuff happen. So, so yeah, I think it's good. But I just really want to again, I just really want to go back to Gabriel. I just think Gabriel's been exceptional this season, and I think he's really establishing himself as like one of the best, better to like the top centre backs in the league. I think he's 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 leading very well. He's he's being commanding. He's starting to make other people around him be better. And I just, yeah, I just really want to just continue to, to to praise Gabriel for his for his impact on the on that on this team. I want to praise everyone. All of the signings that have come in, they've all come in and contributed to helping the team do well. Nuno mm. Tavares has been sensational in these last few games. Tommy Yasu's been solid. We know about Ram Daldo. I mean, come on, the save that he made from that free kick, uh, that Madison free kick against Leicester was fantastic. I'm still got a bit of a gripe about how he had to end up making a double save and Johnny Evans, the slowest player on the pitch, was the first one to get to the rebound after uh, Ramsdale made the save. But, you know, maybe that's a hairdryer moment for the uh, for the dressing room and hopefully we'll never see that again. Um, but, um, yeah, we're picking up points. We're doing well, you know. 
fixture list has been kind, you said, but you know, you can only be who the fixture list says you have to be. Mm. And we're definitely getting the points in the bag. So well done, mm. Arsenal. And uh, also, did you see the uh, the celebration that Smith Rowe and Saka did? Uh, yeah, for the Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, it's good. Absolutely hilarious. Love that. So yeah, go go on, boys. We love to see some of that. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some more creative celebrations from the Arsenal youngsters. Mm. Um, so that was Arsenal and Watford. Um, not too many fixtures left to go. We got Everton versus Spurs, which is a ball draw, nil nil. Um, I don't have a whole lot I want to say about that game. Didn't watch it, and it's just there's no goals to talk about. Yeah. Anything of note? Nah, just obviously Conte's first game. Um, I think it'll be very interesting to see how he continues to move the team forward. Um, Benitez, Everton were flying at one stage and they've slightly stalled. So I think it was good for them to at least get a draw after um, losing a few home games. Um, to, so yeah. To, yeah. to be fair, uh, Conte did get a win in the Conference League in the week. You know, mm-hmm. Vitesse are maybe not being uh, the best opposition out there. Mm-hmm. And they just scraped a 3-2. Uh, I think they were 3-0 up, were they? Or something yeah. like that. So, uh, definitely problems at Spurs. But I do think Conte is looking like he's he, he's making them hard to beat straight away. Instant impact, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, watch this space there, isn't it? Works in progress. Um Leeds versus Leicester. One my guys, man, like the the two the two big wingers on show. So Rafinha has literally just been Leeds's outstanding contributor this season. I think he scored like this is the fifth 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 goal of the season. Mm. I think yeah, he's done so well. Like love watching him play. And Harvey Barnes has kind of got come in, got another goal. Um, done well to kind of just get back into the team. Um, I know they've they've shifted the formation recently to go again to go to three at the back, so it's meant that his roles become slightly redundant. But good to see him back on the score sheet and um, yeah, yeah, nice. Um, so uh, uh, on paper it looks like Leeds had Dan James playing as a striker. Do you think that's uh, didn't Rodriguez pretty much start? just? Well, on paper, it says here that Dan James was up front as a striker. And Rodrigo's, you know, he's kind of been playing there in like an attacking midfield role for Leeds, hasn't he? Um, no, with no Bamford, it's, not, it's mainly been him up top. And then the thing, but yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's wrong. I didn't, I haven't seen the game. I haven't seen the highlights yet. I'll watch it, I'll watch it after um, this. But yeah, I'll definitely keep a lookout for it to see. Okay, it's quite possible the team sheet uh, formation here was wrong. That kind of thing does that from time to time. Let's mm. see. Um, I was going to say possibly just because Bamford's not here. So Bielsa kind of does like playing mm. Rodrigo in the attacking midfield role when Bamford is there. And maybe he just thought, let's try James as a striker. Genius is the new boy and he's got pace. Maybe they can get some balls over the top to him or something. But mm. yeah, um, maybe maybe it's uh, it didn't actually pan out that way in game. Seemed like an interesting talking point to me. Yeah. Um, not too many uh, games left to talk about now. The big one, man. Just, uh, this the big top one. of the table, yeah. European Champions League place. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought West Ham would be this team? They had a great season last season. Mm. They've picked up where they've left off. And you kind of thought, okay, now that they have to juggle, Euro- juggle European competition with playing in the Premier League 
with maybe not the biggest squad in the world. How are they going to do? Well, they brought in Zuma, um, and I thought they were going to bring in Lingard. They didn't bring in Lingard. But, you know, it's kind of in business as usual. They kind of just picked up where they left off last season. Mm. They've got four wins in their last five in the Premier League. They're doing it, man. They beat Liverpool. Yeah. 3-2. Yeah. Yeah, no, big, big, big win. Um, Goal from Zuma as well, which is nice to see uh, a defender getting on the score sheet. Yeah, I think... I really want to focus in on just what they do at set piece at set pieces and set plays. Like they put so much work into it, and they like every single time they score, there's some kind of set play involved in. Or every time they win, there's a set play goal involved in it. And they've got some really good players. Like Fornals is a very good player. Bowen's a good player. Ben Rahman's a good player. Obviously, Antonio. We know about Suchek. Everyone's got a lot of ravens for. I think Declan Rice has been exceptional this season so far. Like after Euros and playing such a big role for for England, it would have been easy for his levels to to have kind of dropped. But I think that that tournament helped to mature him. I think um, both both as a player and as a leader for that team. And then yeah, I really I, I like I like what he's done. Bringing in someone like Zuma is Zuma's a top quality defender, and for him to be surplus a requirement for Chelsea, there's there's big teams on the continent that could have got him, and for him to be at West Ham and playing the way he is, it's it's a big thing. Even looking at um the boy Johnson who came in because Kufar's been injured, Kufar's back now, but Johnson's still staying in the team because he's playing so well. So you just have to give this, you just have to give just just them ratings, and Liverpool weren't quite at it. They weren't they weren't at their normal kind of like high level, but West Ham deserve it. And West like we said, West Ham are now three points off top, which is an amazing statement to make for for for, like for the team. Yeah, shout out to um the one thousand game super experienced Premier League manager, David Moyes. That all that experience mm. uh definitely seems to be paying off. Mm. Uh, nicely for West Ham Liverpool uh, I don't really know man Mo Salah is in the form of his life Alexander Arnold too is having a great season in terms of the way he's changed his game and he's been attacking and Mm. it it seems like the quality of his attacking players improved this season Mm. his attackers just looks unbelievable The the way he took that goal and it wasn't like, you know, like sometimes when people take a set piece, their technique looks a bit different than when they mm. strike the balls in open play. But this was one where Salah rolled the ball to him and he hit it. So, and he kind of still had the same kind of set piece technique, which I just thought was mm. brilliant that you can strike the ball like that. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm turning into a bit of a Trent fan. He's, he's looking absolutely incredible. Looking forward to seeing him in an England shirt. Um and um, yeah, I mean, Oxley Chamberlain's back in the team. I think he's been okay of, of late. He's been contributing to to the good performances, but um, you know, this uh, Jota and Firmino situation up front. Mm. I'm not sure if it worked out for the best in this game. Although undoubtedly Jota is a quality player and he adds a different dimension. To yeah, Liverpool's game because when they play Firmino, he wants to drop and Jota wants to push on, doesn't he? Um, so it is 
it is great to have him and to, to be able to have that variance in your play to rotate two and two players. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think you've just got to give it to West Ham, you know, and you just got to say the best. Fair team play. The yeah, fair yeah. play. I agree. I agree. Um, so that concludes our football talks pretty much for this episode. We've got uh, one more story about Sergio Aguero, I think, on the agenda. Yeah, just um, the quite worrying news of what he was playing um, recently um, had some discomfort in his heart. And the result of it is that the test have said that he's going to be taking three months out to monitor his heart condition and, um, yeah, hopefully come back kind of stronger than ever. Obviously, you've had a number of incidents where this has happened through Mark Vivian Foe. We also had um, Christian Eriksen in the Euros. Um, they were different, slightly different in the sense that Aguero kind of walked off the pitch and said his chest was hurting him. But yeah, just kind of Aguero is one of my favourite all-time Premier League players. I just want him to be okay, want him to be better, and yeah, looking forward to him making a recovery and actually um, contributing to Barcelona season. Very well said there, Ash. Um, we wish him well. Thoughts and prayers with him and his family. Um, and um, yeah, I suppose you want to say to everybody out there, make sure you look after yourselves. Think about your heart, your heart health. You know, you got to get the cardio in. Um, maybe you got to start thinking about foods that you can eat that are kind to your heart. You know, there's a lot of foods that are high in cholesterol. Mm. Um, I'm really guilty of that kind of thing. I need to definitely do a lot more cardio and stop eating so much fried foods um and uh, and and think about my heart health more so any stories like that that just kind of make you think don't they i need to look after myself a bit better yeah definitely definitely um, health so as well most definitely so wishing health onto all of our listeners and onto you as well ash yeah uh, back to you. hopefully the whole play on team will be back for the next episode all in good health and so will our listeners so yeah, yeah everybody take care of yourselves and yeah. um myself I'm out. Cool. I'm out too. Yeah, all the best to you as well, Cal. Um, just hope you have a healthy, healthy um, few weeks and months and years. And yeah, just thank you as always for all the work you do. Um, and yeah, big love to the play on, to the play on team. Peace. Peace.